We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Definitely realized I was muted, my bad. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get right into... Uh, some hard reads, man. If you guys have never been here, well, this is the show where we talk about all the hot shit that uh, happens throughout, uh, you know, Smash. You know, usually it's on a weekly basis. Sometimes we'll miss a week or so or two. But this time we covered uh, just this week. And this week we had Congo Saga. Uh, and that we yielded some results of what MKLeo and his dominance. And then, of course, Meister, uh, his game of watch and how they've been, like, making waves and now uh, forcing a lot more people to complain. And then I tweeted out recently that I was going to Talk about the current state of commentary within um, the Smash community. So, yeah, bro, uh, that's what we're doing today. Austin, what's up? Not much, man. Not much. How you doing? I'm good, man. You know, fucking like I got the second part of my tattoo done, so my arm kind of hurts. But <laughs> other is that, than that, is it red on your arm? That's not blood, is it? No, that's that's the color of the tattoo. Okay, I, I I thought maybe you just got it, like it was fresh or something, you know? Like, yeah, but why would I just be letting it hang out and bleed like this? I don't know. Oh, you don't have any tattoos, you do you? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I was like, I was like, imagine you're just like just it walking so around with bloody ass arm. Like, yeah, it was really good, bro. No, nah, it's been about a day. You you keep you usually keep it you keep it wrapped for a couple of days or a day or two, and then uh. uh yeah, and then you unwrap it and just put a bunch of stuff. It's shiny because there's like the tattoo healing ointment and stuff is on it. Uh, oh, it looks good, man. Get in here. We about to go in. Um, yeah. So first and foremost, Congo Saga. Uh, it was great. You know, yeah. Uh, really enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy champ tournaments. Like you know, they're not as far as like you know, uh, esports. They're not there yet, and that's actually good because I really would like to have some more not esports events. Like I like having some grassroots events. You're allowed to be a little more loose on commentary. Uh, it's more of a homie time hangout and stuff like that. And I very much appreciate going to those type of events. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty nice. Um, 
you know, to get, well, to get a chance to, to commentate Congo Saga. And it was super huge that, you know, it, like it's the last big tournament. It kind of ended with like me and EE yet again. And that's like the staple of Smash community and uh, commentary, or at least one of the most liked duos in Smash community. So that was, that was dope. Uh, and then, you know, the, how the top eight just happened to be super interesting. T getting in there on the winner side of things. Uh, we had T, we had Meister, we had MK Leo, Simsora. Simsora beating Nairo right before ninth was kind of heartbreaking, but, you know, it was like or right before uh, top eight was kind of heartbreaking, but it is what it is sometimes. All kind of great matches just happened throughout the event in general. Uh, but just being there, it was an experience. I thought it was uh, pretty interesting about the they had Japanese players in top eight. They had two of them. Yeah. But the thing is, like, they didn't get we had American players and then obviously uh, Mexican players as well uh, yeah. that made it past them. So I don't know if this is, could help solidify it that we're better than Japan. But like, you know, it's all up in the air still. It's only one tournament. It's only one result. Because I was talking up Ken last week, and I don't even know what happened to him. So, hey. I, don't, I don't think Ken was even close to top eight, bro. Like, no, he got, talking I look- about, oh, it's his first tournament. He's about to slap. And then, bro, I wanted him to. Like, <laughs> He didn't slap whatsoever. You got 65th. What? He didn't slap at all, bro. Like, uh, oh yeah, there there was there was that thing. Astro takes is correct. Uh, Apparently, he had some issues, like personal issues, going on, and and then Perry didn't like. She didn't really go into into like super detail, but she did say bad came bad things come in threes, and this is three. And she was talking about his placing. So I don't know what happened before he got here, or when he got here, or maybe you know. Just maybe like he got here and found some stuff out at home or something. But regardless, that personal issues will take you out the game. So yeah, you know, no, I mean it's all mental. Yeah, no, uh, I mean no, no, no shade obviously on on him, but he did get slapped. You know, it is what it is. You got to call it like it is. He got slapped up. Um, it's just crazy because like in Japan he gets first and second constantly. So to see yeah. him get that low of a placing, it's like something had to have been up or he just like I don't know. Yeah, he got slapped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You'll get it back. You'll get him next time, Ken. Uh, but yeah, man, the top eight just in general was pretty nice. Uh, no DeBuzz, which is kind of interesting because usually like DeBuzz makes it. But DeBuzz, like Leia had to play DeBuzz to get into top eight and Leia really handled DeBuzz in like a way where I wasn't expecting to. I thought it was going to be closer, but I think it was a, just a 3-0. Like that was it, you know, you know, Game of Watch or not Game of Watch. Uh, Olimar, I think maybe I saw Rosa in, in one of the games. I don't know if he actually went Olimar at all, but the Rosa came out. And, you know, that was all versus Greninja, who I had talked about it earlier in the tournament. I feel like Greninja sometimes is like a very flowcharty character, but because he's so quick and he's so agile, like you still succumb to the flowchart. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And he's yeah. definitely got like a flowchart to him. You know, it's like, OK, I'm going to go for dash attack, down tilt or nair at all percents. You know, like it's one of those things is going to come at you. But yeah, bro. what's crazy is that, like, I, I still to this day think he's hella underrated. I, I think he, he's not being played enough. I think he has Greninja? he has the sauce. Yeah. Yeah, Greninja. Greninja's nice, bro. Like, yeah, but no one plays like, him. Like, what? I mean, I think I think it's just because, yeah, there's there, there's that flowchart method. Like, also, just Greninja has some really, really bad uh, weaknesses. So, like, you know, mm. no no hitbox on your up B is always going to be bad. Even though you can mix up your recovery, that's you know still bad. And then not having good out of shield options will almost always make you make people who are like looking at top tiers be like, this character's not that great. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. what are you going to do out of shield? You, you, nothing. You you back air big opponents and then you do nothing to everyone else. Like that's <laughs> that's just, it. So all you got to do is employ the venue strategy. You just don't shield, and then bam. Well, that's well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah, play mad aggressive. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think the biggest success story for the top eight was definitely T. Uh, T getting in the top eight on the winner side of things. Now, unfortunately, when he got in the top eight, he just went 0-2 in the top eight, but that guarantees him fifth place. It wasn't better than his, his Civil War placing, but uh, it really goes to show you that T will... This is Link T, by the way, not like uh, T the Pac-Man. T the Pac-Man didn't make it yeah. in the top eight, but... It's so uh, confusing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Link T... Uh, I think he does like one good tournament like every like year, and that this was his good tournament. So we'll see if he's able to keep some consist- consistency uh, consistency this year. But um, you know, last year or the last time we saw him do that well was basically Civil War. So you know, I mean, that I was, would like that to see was, consistency. I would love to see Civil War T come back again with like a, a considered bad character. That'd be really sick. But man, it sucks. Uh, well, to go. <laughs> I don't what, know if they. I, I think Link might. Link, he might have turned some heads with the way that he was playing Link. That neutral air, <laughs> bro. Neutral air kills. That neutral air. It was kills. Like the best move in the game by by far. <laughs> that move when it comes out, that has so much knockback, and it lasts a year. When you get that soft oh, knockback man. into combos, <laughs> that shit nice. Oh man, yeah. The that the the amount of nair usage. Was cr- like we already knew that like Nair was bu- busted because online links that's all they ever do. But I didn't think that you'd be able to get away with it offline. And he was like, <laughs> "Nah, I'm gonna do it anyway, bro. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm still on Wi-Fi. Like, really, it was really good. People were getting people were getting blown up by Nair today, man. I, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's a good move, but it's gonna suck. I feel like getting fifth place from Winner's Side is like one of the worst placements out there, besides like second. You know, like it just like you show up to top eight and you go O two. Like it, it just if people because yeah. you know, people only watch top eight and that's their you know footage of you is you losing twice. No, I feel you because it's like like you were get you're basically guaranteed winners finals if you can win one more game and then you lose two straight. So <laughs> yeah. Like, you guaranteed third, and now you're getting fifth. So, but eh, it is what it is. I mean, the the competition was rough. Get to play against MK Leo, I think, uh, as his first round. So that's just you know, that's right. That's always going to be a, a hard sell. I think another big success story from Congo Saga was the fact that Tweak it looks like he's back in his prime. You know, that was it was so refreshing. I love watching sets between him and Leo. They're so fun. Yeah, oh. man. like hey, I just, I just. <laughs> I just like he looked really good that day. And I think another good thing that came out of Tweak playing so well was anytime Tweak did something super questionable. And now the meme that I'm about to push is is just yelling Korean's name. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like every time Tweak goes to something outlandish, Korean? Like, hello? <laughs> like it's his fault. Like he's responsible. Yeah, bro. He's the coach. Like you got to talk him out of that. You got to talk him off the ledge. Like he didn't talk him off the ledge for this. <laughs> Like, I think I think I'm gonna go for this wild waff. Like, what Korean? Why didn't you tell him that was a bad idea? Like, I just imagine Korean, like, it's not my fault. Like, his face, like, it was, oh. dude, it was so good because Korean was actually sitting like the 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 uh commentary setup was like basically in the crowd. So, Korean was like sitting right here watching the game. So, I actually turned to him and looked at yeah, so him. Like, eye contact. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But yeah, man, overall, uh, tweaking second, he got second, right? Yeah, he got second. Yes. Uh, you know, he almost took it. To, he almost took it to a set too. I mean, like in the the second set, he was dominating for those first two games too. So it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. He almost took it to another set, but unfortunately, the MKLeo uh, factor is always there, where you cannot count that man out until that last stock is gone. So, yeah. Another thing about Tweak that I noticed um, was him him doing a Wario Ditto with Gluttony. That was uh, I just realized how how little I see Dittos in this game. 
like I don't see him that often. It was kind of like weird to see. I don't know how if how you feel about that, but like I just I very rarely see. I mean, him. in the in the beginning we had Paludittos, but then that faded out really quick. Yeah, but he played Wario a lot through the top eight. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if if he only did that against uh, Gluttony, I would have like, damn, that was some BM. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but like he played Wario through a lot of of the top eight. So you yeah, know, I think he was just. I think he was just really about Wario. And and dude, that set in, in itself was like, I know people were like, oh, set of the year, set of the year. It's always easy to talk about set of the year when it's like the last set. But right. uh it that was a that was a that was a quite a, a set between them, man. Like it was two two false finishes at the end, and then I think it's just an SD. Like that was anticlimactic how it ended, but two false finishes off the dash attack. Uh was wild so yeah you can't as i said you can as snorley also said he won every relevant set with his wario so it wasn't like he was trying to be him and i think he just really was feeling his wario uh that time which is crazy because when he got there he was basically saying he was gonna play diddy and joker and i didn't see a single diddy joker match but it's not like i followed him around so you know yeah diddy that's so bizarre yeah well i think it was for maybe he was trying to be into the congo saga spirit but then he was probably like wait i can actually win so <laughs> it's like wait a minute i can actually win so wait i just thought about that so congo saga is for donkey kong and they flew out a bunch of donkey kongs did they fly out any, any ditties is that is that a thing they did yeah they, i mean it wasn't just for donkey kong it was for rare basically so there was okay oh so donkey banjo kong, too. kong k roll and banjo okay uh, i think none of them got higher than 65th or something like that or so well but if you count rivers just diddy kong, i don't know uh, did he play Diddy Kong? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, that doesn't count, man. Like, you know, <laughs> if Diddy Kong is his, that's his hard secondary. I got clapped too many times trying to plug Diddy Kong, right? But yeah, m- most of the... He went from the majority of the time. Bodies, so. Yeah. Oh, man. I and just, then there's, like, I, I was looking at Light getting fourth. That That's pretty sick as well. That was like, nice. Um, that was nice. It, it, it's refreshing because of how dominating Light was in the beginning. And then in the middle, he's been kind of like... Messing around with Wolf a bit, not working out, goes back to Fox a bit. It wasn't working out. So I'm glad to see him back in the limelight. And the one that I thought was it's crazy that Meister keeps doing this, but he got third again. Like how many top threes has he been in in the past like month alone? Like it's been a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, life is nice, bro. And it's crazy that he actually tried to pick up the uh he tried to pick up the uh well not pick up, but he pulled out the wolf. And I was and it actually looked competent. He was doing some like you know, he was doing he was mostly going for wolf flash combos, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. if you play wolf for style, then like that's going to be the flashiest thing you'll ever get. But uh, for the most part, I mean, he still had effective neutral. So I'll give it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had to go up against Meister, who is the next subject. Meister uh, has taken this game of watch to another level. You know, game of watch, what was considered a trash character for a bit. You know, like when he first came out, everyone's complaining about Ford Air not being the credit card and his up air uh, hitbox not like you know, toot, not being too toot anymore. And now all the Game & Watches, or now everyone is just complaining about Game & Watch. So he's the only one. That's another thing. Like, who else is doing anything with that character? No, well, Vicky's trying to pick him up. And I don't, you know, I'm actually annoyed. So we played friendlies, right? We're playing friendlies. And Vicky right. is like, yeah, I'm just trying to find a character that I can have fun with. And I was like, in, in what way? Because no one's going to play with you now. So you have fun playing those <laughs> damn computers. Those are Game & Watch and Yoshi and there's like in Sonic are characters that like you will not sit down in a rotation and get someone to play you more than a set. Like that's just yeah, I'll make up any excuse to get up out of there. Like I mean, if you're trying to learn the matchup, you know, nah, like, bro, I'm out. You know, <laughs> nah, I'm good, man. 
Nah, man, I'll learn that matchup when it comes to the tournament, bro. I'm good. So I feel it. Ah, yeah, I just I'll make sure good on that. But anyway, the uh and Lucas. Lucas is up there too. But yeah, anyway, so his you game watch popping off. <laughs> his 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 uh game watch popping off. His frame shots are dope. I like the his uses of uh Ford Air is really nice and how everyone keeps running into it. Um, you know, basically the double Ford Air drop, he drops one super high to catch a jump, or he drops one low, and then he uh he like ends up pressuring you because he lands at the same time. That's really nice. His up B uses obviously, I think a lot of people just kind of forget that he's always going to up B out of shield. So they just like I see I feel like at a certain point in time, basically for like the first part of the match, for most people, they're like, all right, I'm playing around a shield, I'm playing around a shield. But then the match goes on long enough to where you're not in control, or even when you do win neutral, that you don't really get to do anything because Game Watch is gonna up B out, that they start to forget that Game Watch is always looking for the up B. So They'll just start oh. running into a shield all the time, and it's like, all right, well, rip. It's the fact that he can just immediately act out of up B. Like, I think I think that's what makes it really strong. It, it, it kind of just feels like a double jump almost at that point. Like, it's not the same as like Sonic's up B, where yeah. there's there's a little bit of lag, and he's kind of in like he doesn't have as as much control. Like the Game Watch up B is just a really good like. See ya, like get out of jail free card. Like, there's not much you can do against that. Besides, even if you bait it out, he's still like. Yeah, there's only there's only so few characters that can punish it in this game with a super super high double jump or uh new regular jump or double jump up air. But even so, you have to like be ready. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to you have to know that that LB is coming and that you have to punish it. It's not even like on reaction. I think that's mostly a, like I just believe this is happening, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I mean that's a lot in Smash. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can't react to because of like how quick these attacks come out. But like. I was thinking Falco. Could Falco get up there and back air him, or would like the hitbox from up B like knock him out? I've never actually think, experimented with that. I, th- I don't. I think the back air might be too slow. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't experienced it. So I had to. I had to. I had to, I had to like sit down with the game and watch and be like, all right, let me see. Can you just up B my shield, and then I'm gonna try to jump out and back air you. And if it <laughs> hits, then it hits. And if it doesn't, then it's not real. Man, I wish Nintendo had good training mode, dude. If I could just like record inputs, that's all I would need. Push That'd be so uh, fun. Well, Wood says he he can up air it, and from all the times that I've played Wood, he doesn't really has a game of watch. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Up air is pretty no, quick. Yeah, know. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're already you're basically ascending with that move. You're just you know, you jump, hit up a like it should be able to connect. But mm, anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that character still got some sauce and, you know, it's going to be a while until people figure it out. But, you know, uh, that's just the law of the land, basically. It's just how it yeah. is when you're when you're playing against some game and watch. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who could prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. 
Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Moving on to our next subject, man. I tweeted out earlier today that, well, I tweeted out uh, about a week ago that I was going to talk about. Well, I told you also also last week that I was going to talk about uh, the current state of commentary because I've seen a lot of complaining recently um coming in from uh, mostly socal commentators which is kind of interesting but just commentators in general i mean i think there's there needs to be like an understanding that like this really isn't for everybody and i'm not trying to gatekeep or anything i'm just you know that's facts like there's only so much area for people to thrive in the same area and that goes for like every layer of commentary you know i feel like there's always people who are like one or two tiers down throwing uh like shade at like the top um i don't know like the top five people that are commentating said game because they're they're not there yet but they have no reason to be there because they're not bringing anything to the table like like for instance like i'm gonna like right currently i'm trying to hop into tech and commentary right uh what I bring to the table for tech and commentary uh, is just a newer look at things. Most of the people at in tech and commentary are, are old heads. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of knowledge from like various games. I didn't get into tech until tech and seven, so I have questions to ask. And I'm sure I have questions that people from the chat are going to ask. So I end up being the new guy who's kind of funny, who also uh, you know it has like a thirst for like knowledge and stuff like that. So like yeah, I have a way to describe my own style. However. I've only been in Tekken for since it came out. So it's been about uh, two years now. Uh, it would be outrageous for me to complain that I'm not getting the same gigs as Tasty Steve or Mark Man or Rip, who have been doing this for years, like literal years. And then I come through two years later and I'm like, man, I'm just as good as those guys. How come I'm not doing a Tekken World Tour? It is as simple as it has already been solved. Like you already have the people that you can lean on. You already have the people you that are guaranteed to do well, the people that are guaranteed to make an experience for the viewer. So what are you, what is the point of like looking for someone new uh, that you're not sure of is bringing anything new to the table before instead of you using the people that you have? Like, I I just it, it's it's wild to me that like this is still like an issue within the only mostly the smash community where people think that like oh i can work for like a year or so and then i should be way up you know at the top i should be getting genesis's i should be getting frostbite top eights you know the everyone who's with me in this area that i'm in basically like me ee uh coney kataro we've all been working for 10 years uh now I went the hardest, or me and, and D1 went the hardest because we quit, you know, our like day our day jobs to to pursue this. And then EE went like the second hardest because he quit his day job like a year after I did mine. But you know, we quit. We like traveled the uh, the world, even for tournaments that like didn't even have the game that we were going. We were just trying to make connections and stuff like that. Lost a lot of money in the first like seven years and things like that. And I don't see that same grind for a lot of new commentators now, you know, yeah, go to your locals and commentate and whatnot. But also what are you doing outside of that? Like, are you putting out any videos? Are you streaming? Are you putting your name out there more than just once a week? And the answer to most new commentators is no, I'm not. Like I go to my local, I commentate like four sets and then I go home, but I'm not like practicing. I'm not doing any videos. I'm not showing up on anybody's stream. I'm not showing up on my own stream. So basically you expect to get to the top off of, four hours of work every week uh, while the rest of us are working still, you know, like harder than you 
we have better connections and we're still keeping ourselves in the public eye by streaming. So I just, it is a very, very interesting like level of entitlement that I've seen lately for newer commentators that I just don't, I don't fuck with. And I don't really care if they end up like not liking me after this, because at the end of the day, I'm still going to be in the same spot and you're still going to be mad as hell that I'm there. So I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's weird, man. I don't know if you got any thoughts to that, but you can go ahead and <laughs> chime in. <laughs> that, that was definitely a TK rant moment. Um, uh, my thoughts are, I think it comes down to them not understanding the grind. I think it's uh, th- to their eyes, Ultimate's a brand new game. Everyone should start from scratch or they don't understand how much effort the top dogs have like done back in the day before they jumped in. Um, to give you an example, I've I know multiple commentators who have a, we've talked about this before in the past who have complained about not getting paid to commentate when it's literally their first year commentating. And they don't it, the, smash commentary is not profitable. It, it's not profitable. It, it, it is. It is definitely you do it for the passion. You do it for the love of the game. Yeah. You don't pursue smash commentary because you're trying to make a living off of smash commentary. You can pursue smash commentary in order to try to like, you know, boost your brand or jump into other stuff, you know, or like get practice for other, other things. But like, if you're just trying to make a name for yourself, by just commentating Smash and that's it, nothing else, you will not get anywhere in any, yeah. any, no matter how much time. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, they it's don't. The biggest reason why I did so much, like I mean, yeah, Smash commentary, yeah. like the money I'm getting paid now is 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 pretty nice. But at the same time, if I was only doing Smash commentary, nah. And that's why, like, I tried to branch out in other games and do hosting and do uh, regular event work and stuff like that. But you know, it started as just Smash commentary and streaming, and together that allowed me to do like the bare minimum but like now that i'm doing smash commentary streaming fighting game commentary event hosting and stuff like that it all comes together as one package of like sustainable money so yeah right and i think they just don't understand that they they don't they're they don't like look beyond you know like to, to see what else is out there they just see they have a very low scope of like what they've accomplished with the commentary thinking that there are hot shit even if they are really good commentators that's not enough but they think that's all it takes is just to be good at commentary and then you should get top eight like that that's it but that's not how life works that's not how life works in any field like anywhere the other thing is that like my other big part of that rant is that like a lot of commentators are not bringing anything to the table that is making them memorable so to me they aren't good like I think that yeah. there's only like 10, like I think 10% of the people who will call themselves or put commentator in their, uh, in their bio uh, for smash are actually good. And you know, there's, there's passable commentators and then there's really bad commentators. But for the most part, I think there's like a, a crazy amount of just passable. All right, this guy's getting the job done commentators, but he's not like, I'm not like looking for his next event to find out when they're going to commentate again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm sure there's certain, certain people that feel that way about me and I don't, I don't care. Because like I've I've been proving myself years ago, you know what I'm saying. But I know that like if if I was on the proving grounds of things, that like the confidence that I have now is not the confidence that I had seven years, six three years ago. You know what I'm saying? It took a bit. It took like a couple evos before I was like, all right, I might be nice. But like until then, like I'm I'm still very humble about it. Like I don't you know I still don't see myself a celebrity or anything like that. I just know that I'm a guy who is very entertaining 
to listen to when they're talking about Smash. And like, if you can't describe yourself as very entertaining to listen to uh, as you're talking about Smash, then you've already started on the wrong foot, in my opinion. But I don't know. Right. And a lot of a lot of commentary, it's subjective, right? Like there, there's there'll be people that'll be like, I like this guy more than this guy, or I think this guy's the best, or the, this person's amazing. But like the, the when it comes down to it, there there definitely is that line where someone is like a good commentator or a bad commentator. And they're in that and it's the same as acting. Like you know there's the difference between good actors and bad actors, you know? You might have your favorite actor who you think is the best actor, but that comes down to subjectiveness. But you know for a fact who's good and who's bad based on information that they portray through their acting or commentating or anything of the matter. So, yeah, I think, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, oh, and the, I had another thing to address. It was that zero tweet where he was talking about that the commentators are too, were too clicky. Uh, he that was, that? That was misguided. That. that was definitely, yeah, he said the commentators are too clicky and that's why he stopped doing commentary. That was misguided. The, the reason why anyone was ever upset with zero, uh, not to... You know, say that anyone was actually upset with Zero for commentating. It wasn't the fact that he was commentating. Like, do you? We like, we like, um, you know, celebrity commentaries and stuff. But just don't do it for free. That shit is disrespectful. Like, don't do work that people are doing for money for free and expect them to be like, wow, this is okay. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that's just that that doesn't fly in any in any industry ever. Like, if if an artist was getting paid. You know, I got I guess the rights for the Genesis Seven um, artwork or whatever, and then Zero comes through and he's like, "Don't worry, I'll do it for free." And then he like he's actually pretty decent at art, and they're like, "All right, that's that's dope." The artist is also going to be upset. Like you don't you don't work for free. Like that's that's the biggest form of undercutting ever. Anytime there's an industry or a job that uh, should be done for money or can be done for money, anyone trying to undercut you. I mean, undercutting is going to happen, but at least undercut you for some fucking money and not for free. That is devaluing the entire, like, uh, that's and devaluing the entire, the entire commentary, um, career really. And it's interesting to me that like, you're willing to like devalue the commentary career while also everyone's continuing to shit on commentary and how like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, why why are we even care about commentators, blah, blah, blah. And then you have celebrity and guest commentators and now everyone's in love with them. So yeah, just don't undercut. Like that's not, not no one cares that he was commentating. He should honestly come back to, a com- well, I don't know about Ultimate anymore. He, he has kind of shown disinterest in it, but mm. if he wanted to come back and commentate, then yeah, do it. Just get some money while you're doing it. I don't understand why, like, and, and someone actually said that to him and he just kind of like glanced by it. And I was like, that's why I'm not going to say anything on, on the tweet because I don't feel like getting into an argument of zero when basically the the only reason anyone was ever upset was that you were undercutting us to the like to the max don't undercut like anybody ever or at least don't take someone's job and do it for free and expect them to be like wow that's cool you know <laughs> like yeah oh, that's cool you know like i you know i've been hired for 10 years straight but you just come in after uh you know one year and now you're doing it for free that's 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 great so and it, it's the whole know your know, know your value thing too, like because like you know if someone's like a no a complete nobody and jumps onto the mic for free, like that's understandable. But like zero has a name, he has a brand, he could easily get money to jump on he the mic. And he could have made dumb money, boy. Yeah. What the? I'm sure he already did just from brand awareness, you know, because he gets a lot of money off his stream. But that's not the yeah, point. It's the fact that he's he's hurting the the pool by doing that. So yeah, yeah. So. We we covered this with Hbox like months ago too. So this is nothing new, you know. Yeah, but the thing is, I actually told Hbox and he he stopped doing that. I feel like I can't get. I don't think I can get through to zero like that. I, I feel like if I try to bring him to zero, he's just gonna just say I'm hating, and I'm just like, no, 
I just want you to respect the value of our jobs. Mm. Uh, but that's probably not going to happen. So and it's I, hard to get through to him sometimes serious. because he's like kind of distanced himself, himself from the scene in general, you know? So I don't know if it's part of that. Have you talked to him in person about it? Uh, no, I mean, I don't see him anymore. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't, we don't see him. So like, I don't need to be, it doesn't need to be in person though. Like I could also fair. just, you know, we, we could Skype, we could discord, we could, we could DM, we could do anything. Like I just, there's <laughs> ways for us to talk. I'm just saying that like, I'm, I don't think from, from the few times that I've talked to zero before about certain issues, I just don't feel like he's receptive if it's a combated, uh, combating issue and this is a combating right. issue. So I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna. Like there's no there's no reason for me to do it anymore. Like he he doesn't want to do anything commentary wise anymore. He doesn't want to do anything smash anymore. I don't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to worry about anything before because the only jobs that he was doing were jobs that I wasn't taking anyway. But the thing is, like that needs to be said that like don't try to label us as like we were upset with you just because you're commentating because that's that's not true. No one cares that you're commentating. We would love for you to actually do it more. We're upset that you're doing it for free, which is devaluing the role in the job as a commentator. And that is why people are upset. So, yeah, hard yeah. agree. Yeah, man. I don't know. That was that, that. That's all, bro. So, with that being said, you know, <laughs> I put the whole thing out there, bro. Like, just if you're a new commentator, man, you got a lot of work to do. Uh, I worked seven straight years for free before I started making any type of money off of uh, Smash. And then when I first started making money, it was it wasn't even enough to justify like it was it wasn't even enough to justify like uh the flight in the hotel and stuff like we were driving we drove to ufgtx uh that is a 12-hour drive from maryland okay and that was part of the grind and i did the whole drive because gimmer uh sucks at distance driving he gets in the car and, and he in like after 30 minutes he's like oh man i'm falling asleep man and i'm like god Sorry, all right just it's- get out the car bro just get out the car <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah like for the for the first Seven years, I, I mean, I worked for free. I had to, you know, get myself out to a lot of places. I had a couple of people that housed me for free and, you know, big shouts to them. But I had to get myself out. I had to save my money and, and do the same grind that everyone else is doing now. And I definitely did not expect to get through to where I was at in two years. In fact, I didn't even expect to get where I was at until I realized that, like, this is possibly a thing I could possibly make money off of. Uh, but, yeah, for the first seven years, nah, that was not a thing. So, anyway, work harder, not smarter. Anyway, I will... <laughs> And uh, yeah, I said work harder, not smarter, because like working smarter <laughs> means people are probably going to shit on you. Like when you work smart, you find your avenues and everyone's going to say you're cloud chasing. So just work hard. <laughs> like just Work hard. And also just work one, harder, bro. The, the number one tip I could give new commentators is literally what, 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 what do you bring to the table? Like you've already said it, but just what do you bring to the table? That's it. I think that's find Find your uh, find what you're good at and then grind like hell. Well, you know what? I think there was a this is. So DM asked me this question about my streaming. This is why I think I never became a good streamer. So he had asked me this question. And he was basically like, uh, who are you and why should I watch your stream? Like, those are two questions. He said, if you can't answer those questions, you'll never be successful. And I've never been able to answer that question and keep that answer uh, consistent. Because like, you know, I'm I'm me and I like the variety stream, but like what brings you to this variety stream in place of anybody else's variety stream? I don't know yet. So I think that like commentators also have to be like, who are you and why should people want to listen to you? And if you can't answer that question, well, then you need to start the journey of finding a way to answer that question. Um, you know, and, and believing in it. Yeah. So, 
yeah that's uh, my I, final I, words dm said the same thing to me like that that's a it's a very powerful statement you know yeah yeah man i'm about to quit right now to be honest oh come <laughs> on <laughs> All right, I guess out of here, man. <laughs> All right, man. That's, that, that was it for Hard Reads, boys. Uh, next week will probably be like a pseudo almost Christmas episode. Maybe not the next week. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure out what we're going to do next week. Christmas uh, is... We got a whole week. It's in so. two weeks. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But like also, like, it's on a Thursday? When is Christmas? It's on a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah. we're going to have a Christmas episode. Oh. Christmas episode with the Santa hats? Uh, I think I have one around here. All right, I so Christmas episode of Hard Read. So we'll figure out something else to talk about on the 18th. But the next episode will be on the 18th. We enjoy you guys hanging out. I might stream again, but before I do that, I'm going to go put ice on my arm because it's very swole. And uh, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. If you really like this, make sure you go ahead and follow uh, Hard Read so you know that we're up every Wednesday. They have other shows too. So if you're if you're interested in other games, they have a, like um, a league show. They have like a COD show or a CSGO show. Definitely check it out as well. And if you want to find this video, it will be on my YouTube. But if you want to listen to it on podcast version, it will be on Apple iTunes very soon. Thanks for watching. Austin, you got any final words? Uh, I don't know. Make good choices. I don't know. All right. Goodbye. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.